In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. In the Gospel today, Jesus describes the changed condition that will result from his ascension. He will no longer be present with his disciples in his body. Instead, he will be present with the disciples through the gift of the Holy Spirit. His bodily departure will make them sad, but the Holy Spirit will bring them into a closer relationship with both Jesus and the Father, and that will be a better situation. The Holy Spirit's ministry will focus on two things. The Spirit will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. But the Holy Spirit will lead the disciples into all truth. And this mirrors the ministry of Jesus in his earthly ministry. He called the world to repent and he taught his followers the truth. The church, filled with the Spirit, will expand the ministry of Jesus throughout the world. For the church is the embodied presence of the risen and glorified Christ in the world. The church proclaims that Jesus is Lord, the foundational gospel message, and the church calls all people to repent and put their faith in him. And the church nurtures its members in the truth so that, in the words of Ephesians, speaking the truth in love, we may grow up in all things into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. The ministry of the church to the world depends upon the ministry of the church to its members. We must first receive the truth and conform our lives to that truth if we want to be faithful witnesses for the truth in the world, calling others to repent and believe. We gather as a church to hear and receive the truth of God's word. And the ministry of the Spirit in the church is evident in the way that the, the Spirit ministers the word of God to each people, each person uniquely. The same word is preached to everyone, but it is heard by each through the Holy Spirit in ways that pertain to what each person needs. The Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. And there are different dimensions of this truth. There are the foundational theological truths of our faith. These are expressed in the Bible and summarized in the ancient creeds. These are objective truths but the Holy Spirit leads each Christian into a greater understanding of these truths over time and to a greater understanding the implication of these truths for their lives. And there are also personal truths that are unique to each of us. These include things like how we have been hurt and how we need to be healed, the subtle nature of our sin and self-centeredness, the areas of our life in which we have not yet completely surrendered ourselves to the truth of God's word, 
and how God is using the pain we experience in our lives for his good. The Holy Spirit leads us into a greater understanding of the truth about ourselves. Of course, we're not always ready and willing to receive the truth about ourselves. C.S. Lewis wrote somewhere that he prayed to God, give me just as much self-knowledge as I'm able to handle at the moment. God gives us the grace to face what we need to face when it is time to face it. God is both patient with us and persistent with us in his revelation of truth. The distinction between surrender to truth and resistance to truth is the difference between the church and the world. What the Bible calls the world is humanity in its corporate rebellion against God. Humanity after Genesis 3 that does not submit to God's word and does not hear the Holy Spirit's call to repent. The church consists of those who were once in rebellion against God's word, but have responded to the ministry of the Spirit with repentance and faith. The meaning of the world is captured in the passion narratives that we read during Holy Week. In last week's gospel, Jesus said that the world would rejoice at his crucifixion. The world in the Passion narratives is represented by the Jewish and Roman leaders who conspired to put Jesus to death. The world is represented by the people who gave their consent and support to this conspiracy. The Jewish leaders should have surrendered their power and received Christ as Messiah. The Roman leaders should have acknowledged that Jesus, not Caesar, is Lord. The people should have been faithful and not turned on Jesus. In our Good Friday liturgy, we experience again what it means to be among the conspirators, what it means to be part of the world. And this experience of conviction leads us to renewed repentance and a new experience of forgiveness and grace. On Easter, we receive again the gift of resurrection life. The progression from Palm Sunday to Easter is the pathway out of the world and into the kingdom. The distinction between the world and the kingdom of God lies in our response to the convicting testimony of the Holy Spirit. Conviction of sin leads to repentance and faith in the body of Christ, but it leads to avoidance and denial in the world. However, this distinction is not always so neat and clean, for even those who believe resist at times the truth the Holy Spirit wants us to face. Jesus highlighted this danger in the parable of the sower and the seed when he said, the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, who believe for a while 
but in time of temptation fall away. And this highlights the need for continuous conversion in the life of faith. To be saved from sin by Christ means to enter into a continuous process of being formed into the image of Christ. And this requires a growing faith, a growing disposition of surrender to the truth of God's word as it comes to us through the ministry of the Spirit. New revelations require of us new surrenders of faith. Sometimes people think of great faith as a kind of positive thinking on steroids. We clench our fists and say, I believe. But biblical faith works in the opposite direction. To grow in our faith means to loosen our grip on life, to let go of our attempts to control, to trust that Jesus is really Lord, really is in control, and therefore to submit our whole lives to him. Growing faith is rooted in our growing awareness that we don't have the power to do what is needed. We can't part the Red Sea, we can't raise the dead, and we can't move the mountain that is standing in our way by our own power. The revelation of our weakness is the foundation for growing faith. As Jesus said to St. Paul, recorded in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. The Holy Spirit convicts the world, but the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. It is our vocation as members of Christ's body to open our hearts and our minds and our lives to the truth that is communicated to each of us by the Holy Spirit, as St. James writes in the epistle. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So then, my beloved brethren, let everyone be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.